So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a new state of the market, and uh, there's some big stuff. I am here with today's co-host, Aaron Amuchastegui. Aaron, hey, welcome Pat. to your first state of the market. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. I, I love being able to talk about the market and what's happening in real estate, and, the, and today we just get to record it. Hey, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody so they get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, so the so my, my name is Aaron Amuchastegui. I live in uh, Northern California half the time and Texas half the time. So I am a, I'm a real estate investor. So the so over the last 10 years, I've been uh, buying houses. I buy houses and fix them up and sell them or fix them up and rent them. And most of most of the stuff that I've done is all courthouse step, step uh, purchases, uh, distressed asset stuff, things like that. So the yeah, I flipped about a thousand houses, uh, owned a few hundred rentals through different partnerships and things like that. And, and really, I just love all parts real estate. That's all you need to say, right? That's your elevator pitch, right? And then your floor is up. You're like, hey, you know, sometimes I just tell people I'm a real estate guy, right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> and Aaron, deep, deep in his soul, that's just what he is. He's a real estate guy. So, so let's jump into the news, man. I think the number one news uh, thing to talk about is the National Association of Realtors, NAR, right? Coming down with this whole thing about exclusive listings and and what real estate agents must do and must not do with their listings talk to me about this Aaron yeah so the this was the biggest news of the week and it just it just I kind of kind of hit the presses yesterday it happened just a couple of days ago people have been talking about pocket listings a lot lately I mean there's different people have started like new business plans around it of being able to, before stuff gets on the MLS, they keep it as a pocket listing, they market it other ways to see if there's ways to you know, sell it outside the MLS. So they took this to a vote at the National Association of Realtors this week at, uh, in San Francisco, and they were trying to figure out, are they going to allow this anymore? And 120 members of the NAR committee voted and passed overwhelmingly 729 votes to 70 that they would not let people do pocket listings anymore. And so specifically what they said is they would require brokers now to submit a listing to the multiple listing service within one business day of marketing a property to the public. And so you know, a lot of offices have things where you bring them to other agents in the office first. Sometimes it's just for a week, sometimes it's just for a few days. People talk about, sometimes they do it just to test out you know, what it's going to sell for. And now the NAR has said that is not okay. So if they're gonna be a member of the MLS, 
as soon as they tell anybody about that property, within one day it needs to go on MLS. So, so let's talk about this because I have a ton of questions about this, right? Like, like is what this is saying is that you can't, let's say you got a listing, you're driving home, right? You got the paperwork signed, you got a buyer. Are you allowed to call that buyer and be like, I got the listing for you, show them the listing, double dip, get both sides of it and take it all the way to the bank. Are they saying you can't do that anymore? They're saying if you don't do it in the next day, you can't do it anymore. So like, so yeah, so if you're, if you're signing it, the, uh, I mean, you, you would have to, the only way you could sell it without listing on MLS uh, would be with the, you know, that day within 24 hours. Now there's probably ways you could. Well, I think what they're saying actually is, is you have to make, if you don't make it public, you're allowed to do that. So like that scenario, you can phone somebody up and be like, look, this is private. You can email somebody and say it's private. But I think what they're trying to say is you can't mass email. You can't put it on uh, the internet. You can't put it on a website and you can't put a sign out. There's a difference between private and public. They're saying, hey, you can do private, which is just you right? With no advertising, but you can't do public. And if you do public, and one of the biggest publics is a sign, right? Let's say you put out the sign and you wait 10 days or you put out a coming soon sign. That's illegal, right? Now, it's very interesting. And, 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 and there's all kinds of comments online. I saw this blog uh, with Notorious ROB. Did you see that where he was all bent out of shape about Compass? Yeah, that was, and that was before this vote happened, right? So, so in that article, he goes in to talk about the fact that Compass is actually, you know, requires their real estate agents to, there's certain incentives that they get, higher pay scales that they get. If they, you know, before putting on MLS, they market it through the off, their own office for five days or through the Compass website for five days or something before it, it hits live. So, yeah, Notorious ROB, he was making a huge deal about how, how wrong it was and how, you know, tying incentives and even normal commission to that is unfair. You know, Compass came back and said, hey, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, we, we haven't taken away compensation from people. But, yeah, it was it, that was a big it really argument. became kind of a nothing burger after they passed this rule because um, they basically, I, w- I wouldn't say it was a nothing burger, but it wasn't as big of a deal because NAR came back and said, hey, we made rules. It said, if Compass is doing this, it's okay so long as they don't make it public. Now, what I don't know and what I haven't figured out is if Compass puts it in their private compass fear, right? Other agents, not in the MLS, not on the internet, but in an intranet, right? Is that illegal? Right. When, when is it going to cross over, right? So you said you can call a buddy and say, hey, do you want to buy this one? But how many people can you call before it becomes public, right? How many people can you email before? They're going to have to tighten that up a little bit to say like, no, maybe you can't do a mass email, but what if someone's sending the email individually? It's like the texting law. You're not allowed to mass text anybody, but you can text people individually. Uh, what will be that line where they say you've crossed the line into public now? But yeah, but the big thing, coming soon signs, you can't do that anymore. No, you see them everywhere, coming soon signs. As soon as somebody's there, it's going to be listed in a week or two, and you cannot do coming soon signs anymore. I think that's a huge change. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, and I don't know about that too. I, I think it says, because I'm looking at uh, something on Inman here, 
And it doesn't really explain this. It says, um, it says, uh, what will be the impact on coming soon or delayed showing listing statuses that some MLSs have adopted? And it says, this policy is not consistent with those statuses. In fact, you, you really look at what a coming soon is, a delayed showing. It is really more of a showing instructor, but 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 that they they I don't like the way that they put this question because the way they put this question is if you do a coming soon in MLS, well then then it's already in MLS. But the question that you're talking about is what if you do a coming soon in a sign and don't do the MLS? Is that public? And I think it is public. Of course, it's public. Why else would you do it? And the big the big con the, the big debate here is. Is it in the best interest of a seller to not create an auction type atmosphere for them? And the answer unequivocally is no, it's not in the best interest of the seller. If you have a thousand people show up to an auction, and you know this, Aaron, you do auctions every week, right? You go to auctions every week. If a thousand people show up to that auction versus one, which house is going to sell for higher? Exactly. Like the more people that, I mean, I think everyone in real estate knows that the more people that see the property, the better chance the price is going to go up and it's going to get closer to what that market value is. And being able to, you know, the only, the only other argument I heard people say, uh, you know, when you're like, no, it's better for the seller, no matter what. Some of them said, well, we use that time to make sure we're priced right. So that way, when we hit the MLS, Price that's bullshit. Price. There's no I, I price, right? Too. I'll tell you how you find out if it's price, right? Put it in MLS. <laughs> right. You put it on all those <laughs> spots right away. The, uh, exactly. I, I, but one thing I don't know, how, how is NAR going to regulate this, right? Like, how are they really going to regulate this? I guess it'll work like, it'll, it'll be like, uh, you know, you'll have to report somebody just like anything else, right? You'll, I guess yeah. you would. I mean, I, I've heard of people like when they're posting pictures in, in, uh, on Facebook, they're supposed to say, I'm a licensed real estate agent. Here's my number, right? That, you know, that there's, there are a lot of different, different places in different states where, where there's some like extreme laws but aren't really followed or enforced unless somebody reports it. So I, I think that, yeah, they're not going to be able to regulate unless somebody says, hey, this guy sold a pocket listing without me. And th there were a bunch of companies that didn't want this, right? Especially the new innovative companies. A lot of these companies, I think Redfin was one, um, a lot of these companies said this, this suppresses our innovation, right? If we want to be innovative and have our own way of doing things, you telling us what to do limits us, right? Like if they want to come up with commission plans to change or, you know, over time, or they want to come up with you know, in-house things where the people can get paid more if it's a Redfin agent than if it's an outside agent. If they want to do any of that stuff, it limits them. And, and I agree that it's the best thing for the seller, but I also agree that it's not, I don't, I don't know if capitalist is the right word, but it's, it's not a free market, right? You, you, you're telling companies what they can and cannot do. Right? It would never happen in commercial real estate because that's a wild west. They do whatever the hell they want. Right? It's only in residential real estate. So what do you think about that? Yeah. You know, I wonder too, like 
there's one of the guys that was James Harris was on the podcast not long ago, and he has this company called the Pocket Listing Service, right? Which would be illegal. I read I read deep down into the Q and A here, and it, and it clearly says that multi-member broker off like you know whatever things like he has. What about licensed wholesalers? Right, there's wholesale companies out there that the that are if they're licensed on if they're licensed agents, right? So if you're a wholesaler now, you want to not be licensed, right? If they send out a group email to say, "Hey, I got this deal," yeah, it's, wholesale, it's, it's breaking totally this rule. Wholesaling. You need to know, if you're going to wholesale now, you can't be a listed agent. And I bet a lot of those uh, people haven't even figured that out yet, or even heard how. Well, you know what? That's you know a lot of builders purposely don't get their real estate license because they don't that, that way they don't have to abide by these rules. I, and, and I think wholesalers will probably do the same thing. They're like, I don't want to be licensed. Yeah, I'm, I'm a real estate guy that's not a licensed real estate agent, right? And it the, benefits uh, you. It benefits me, yeah. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published co-authored it with david osborne who's been on this show multiple times if you don't know david he is one of the top execs at keller williams real estate was personally mentored for the last two decades by gary keller himself and he's in all kinds of businesses his bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book but anyways david and i got together we decided to write a book we called it tribe of millionaires and i guarantee you it's going to change your life to find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, here's my thought on it. Here's my final thought on it, Aaron. For these companies and these people that feel suppressed, that feel like uh, their hands are being tied by NAR, there is always going to be ways to go around it. And the most glaring way to go around this, and I've said this before, is the co-op commission. And, and here's what I'm saying. Okay, NAR, you're putting this limitation on me that I got to put everything in a multiple list if I'm going to make it quote unquote public. Great. I put it in MLS, but guess what my co-op is? 50 cents. Yeah. Right. So during that 10 day period, they have the co-op be really small. So they're still getting their whole, you know, insider thing and they're. Yeah. Sure. The the other agents have access to it. They're going to make 50 cents. And then the buyers are like, yeah, I'm not going to show my client until t- day 10 hits and they, and they raise it. It's there. Yeah. There'll be a way around it. That's a way around it. Right. Yeah, and then absolutely. they just raise it. They raise it. Just like you said, 30 days in or 10 days in or whatever. Eh, I don't want it to be 50 cents. I'm going to make it a, a percentage or whatever, you know? Yeah. And people will start to know like, Oh no, that's been on the market 15 days, but the first 15 days there was no commission. So that's why. Yeah, but no they won't. Good. I mean, they will, but they won't understand that. And, to, and today, most agents don't even pay attention to the co-op that much. You know what I mean? They just show it. And today, 70%, 80% of all buyers 
find their houses on Zillow and other forums that don't really show the commission. So, so the buyer goes, Hey, I want to show 10967 Swansfield Road. I want to, I want to look at this house. It just came up on Zillow. The agent goes out and meets them. And it's under an exclusive for 10 days where the co-op's only 50 cents. Sorry for your luck. It's going to make agents pay a lot more attention to, you know, the details. Like, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be very interesting. Put it that yeah. way. Well, and, yeah. And, and it's like, what is a buyer's agent obligation to, I mean, it'll be a whole different podcast, right? Like what's a buyer's agent's obligation to their client now, if it's actually a house that doesn't have a co-op. And the, get, and the yeah, they got to they got to get the buyer to sign a, a buyer broker agreement. That's the that's the answer over and over again that you hear, but no agents really do. You know, or, or a large portion of the agents don't do that, right? I mean, yeah. but it's going to be forced. It's going to be forced. So, all right, cool. So let's it's move on to some. Let's, let's let's move on to some other stuff, and we'll we'll watch this closely. You know, a little a little news going on in New Jersey with Airbnbs. This is always fun to watch because. You and I both know people that have put their life savings and fortunes into Airbnbs. A lot of people are withholding because they're afraid of governments getting involved in regulating Airbnbs, just like NAR is doing uh, with real estate brokerages. Tell me about this. Yeah, the, and this is pretty big news too. Now, Airbnb has had a ton of news over the last year in different markets. This isn't the first place it happens, but you know, Airbnb is near and dear to my heart. I Airbnb my California house whenever we're traveling. The, we get a ton of action with it. It had become like the best value of our house, right? So the, we, we love Airbnb. And if that was taken away, that would change greatly the way I, I lived my life and some of the ways that we planned our life. But what has happened? So Jersey City residents vote in strict regulations for Airbnb. So this was just last week. So residents of Jersey City voted for strict regulations on Airbnb and other short-term rental companies. And so it'll allow homeowners to only rent out parts of their home, but only if they're present during the stay. So residents of Jersey City can no longer rent out their entire apartment or house. So that's, and I think that is really big news because that completely changes what Airbnb is. Now, when I go stay in Airbnb with my family, I don't want to just be renting a couple rooms and share a house with the family. I want, to, I want a house that's all to myself. My kids are loud. Like part of why we do Airbnb is so we're not waking up people in the hotel next to us. So, um, you know, so I think for at least, I don't know how much of Airbnb is the whole house portion of it, but I think that it dramatically impacts that where it limits to, hey, if somebody is staying there when you're there, that's the only time you can do it. Dramatically, okay. especially if you're having a family event like yourself. And especially if you want to avoid the awkwardness, dude. I mean, my daughter and I went hiking in Colorado and we stayed in the Airbnb and this lady lived in it. And it said the Airbnb thing said, oh, she's kind of like a reclusive artist and she just sits there and does art and stuff. So she's a great house guest. So we went there and my bedroom is in the basement and my daughter's bedroom was upstairs, which I said, okay, well, you know, whatever. She's, She's sleeping next to this artist and I'm going to sleep in the basement. Well, guess what? Her, her boyfriend came over like eight o'clock that night and stayed the night. And I'm like, oh, this, now, now I got to worry. Now I got to sleep, worry about my daughter, you know, sleeping in the bedroom next to this random dude. I mean, I just didn't like that. So like, I think it, it totally scratches the record on anybody that wants any sort of privacy. Yeah. You know, there's, there are some people that I think part of the fun of Airbnb is staying with other people and meeting them. But the, like your experience and for me, that is, that is not for me. I, I, I want to be able to go stay in the house and the whole property. I think the people that 
you know, if this was one of those cities where people had bought houses specifically for Airbnb, I mean, that's a huge impact. You're screwed, right? Because the, what, what do you think the price differentials on a Airbnb rental versus a standard rental to a, a family of five? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, the if you're Airbnb and you're fully booked, you're going to be maybe three or four times what your normal rent is. Three or four times, which means if you're getting four grand a month in Airbnb, if you can't do it anymore, you're going to get one grand instead. It's going to throw off your economic model drastically. Completely. It can, it'll, it'll completely do it. And so hopefully there aren't very many people that bought 10 or 20 houses in Jersey City just as Airbnbs. You know, in places like Austin and Nashville, a lot of people are buying up whole blocks to you know, make Airbnbs and the- uh, Dangerous. That's bad. It's bad news. It's bad. Listen, they did the exact same thing in Charleston, South Carolina, just last year. They said, if your tax record shows that you're an owner-occupant, you got an Airbnb license. No problem, because it's a true bed and breakfast. You're like bedding them and breakfasting them. But if it doesn't, and it, it's not your primary residence, and, and, the, and they hired a company out of Canada- to, to regulate it at a, at, at a fine of a thousand bucks a day that you're in violation of this thing. So they're like, not only did they create the regulation, but they came down with a really hard, strong, uh, backed by money uh, way to enforce it. Yeah. You know, HOAs have been trying to enforce that. They have, you know, there's different HOAs that'll say you have to have a tenant stay for a minimum of 30 days. Like over the last couple of years, this has all started to be big news. So there's a lot of different levels of, you know, some cities can outlaw it completely. Some will say, oh, they have to stay at least 30 days. This is the first one I've seen like this. And, and maybe Charleston was the exact same way that was like, yeah, but only if you're sharing the house with them, right? The, it, it's like a more extreme version of what I think what you did out in Charleston or what you said happened in Charleston. Yeah, yeah. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000, and we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com, futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation. It is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December. So I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. 
I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. All right, so let's uh, let's switch over to, to an, another thing that's interesting and, and has to do with investments in, in a sense. But so the Treasury Department, U.S. Treasury Department, got a report that said that 25% of cash deals in New York City and Miami, just those two towns to begin with, New York City and Miami, Florida, they looked at all the cash deals. And they found that, you know, as many cash deals, um, people put them in LLCs. They don't do a cash deal in a Muchastegi. They do it in Amrock LLC. And so they investigated, they ran these reports and they, they, they cross-referenced these reports and 25, one in four, came back on a suspicious activity list, right? Which basically, to dumb it down, is basically the mafia or a drug dealer, right? There's either drug dealing or I don't know what, what other illegal things are going to be buying million dollar places in cash, right? So let's just say drug dealers and the mob. And basically the shell requirements by the title company, companies were very lax. They were like, you don't have to report a cash deal uh, unless it's over $3 million in an LLC. And so they have this financial crimes enforcement network, right? And basically they changed it and they made it a, a rule, right? That it, the title companies now have to report any cash deal over 300K done by an LLC has to be cross-referenced because they want to know, you know, if the Pablo Escobar's entourage is putting money in Miami in these things, which clearly they were concerned about. 
Um, and now it's, it's worked, right? And the title companies are complying. So now they're going into 12 cities. It says here they're going into Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Honolulu, Vegas, LA, Miami, San Antonio, San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle, right? To regulate these title companies to make sure the title companies let them know about these cash transactions in LLC. What do you think about this? The, I wonder, I, I wonder what all would qualify to become a, you know, an at, a, a, an at risk transaction or something. And I guess it's just cash, right? Cause cash can be coming from anywhere. There's lots of, t- of talk of, you know, other governments in, investing in the U S and other countries investing in the U S and, but yeah, in the past, a cash deal was one of those things you didn't even get, have to get it notarized. The buyer would just sign something, send it in the cash. The seller would still have to do their stuff. The seller would have to report. And so I think it's probably not surprising that they're saying, Hey, let's start reporting on this side. I think one kind of interesting thing that might happen too. So, so I buy my houses on the courthouse steps in, in foreclosure. And that has always been a market where people bought with cashier's checks and they never had to provide any proof of anything. They could tell them whatever entity they want and they would have to vest it and put it in that way. So there's, uh, there's a whole nother market of, I don't know how many houses out there that, 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 is, that is similar where people are able to buy without much record or proof of who they are or why they are. So it, it's, um, I would, that 25% number is huge though. Like no, it's huge, dude. But now again, you're going New York City and you're going Miami. So, you know, those must be hot spots for, you know, I don't know. And I, and I don't know what falls under suspicious activity, right? I mean, it could be, I, I don't know. Yeah, I but, mean, cash deals are, the, I, it could, yeah, cash deals with, with entities, I mean, or an entity that they, that they look up and it doesn't have a, a real you know, background on it or not filing taxes or yeah, because it's it's easy to make. I, you know, people even advertise like, "Hey, you can make an anonymous ent- entity now, right?" So well, that was part of the problem, I think, is they couldn't find the person's name behind the shell, right? So it would be like, okay, the shell company bought a two million dollar condo in Miami, but there was no person's name, you know, behind it that they could find, and they're like, "This is a problem," right? So they're trying to make it so all that's being figured out ahead of time or, or, or red flagged right yeah who knows I, red I flag what, i wonder what they actually are, are sending to to them on that or if they're just saying like hey here's a property you should take a look at like hey as a title company we still have to accept it but but here's a here's one of your transactions that meets that requirement yeah again a regulation nightmare to, but uh, i guess they got it figured out so all right so let's finish off with the news um this one actually came from wall street journal which is nice we don't get a lot of news from Wall Street Journal, but Wall Street Journal is saying home sales drop off as owners stay longer. This is saying that the that the the average time nationwide has risen since 2010. So this isn't a you know 40 year old thing, right? This Redfin did a, did a study, and it's 13 years is the average where in 2010, it was eight years, right? Eight years. So it's up five years, which is no joke. Why do you think this is happening? The, that, that is su- it is super interesting that people are staying in their houses for longer because you know, it doesn't really feel like that necessarily. There's so many you know, buyers and sellers and prices are going up and, and people are able to sell. I mean, people might have confidence in the market right now, right? They may, a lot of times they may go, hey, prices have gone up and, and it's going to keep coming up. And so I'm going to keep it or they're looking to rebuy. And if they're going to try to rebuy their house and trade it, they're realizing if they sell their house, they're just going to have to pay the same amount of money for a new house. And so, you know, staying there, like, 
I think where people are, are selling, like if you're going to sell and move states, well, people are still going to sell. Maybe it just means people are settling down in their states and not wanting to move as much. Well, number one, it says that, you know, the younger kids can't afford, you know, to move out and buy houses or, or get out of college. And they're so riddled with college debt and they, they make so little. Again, it's, you know, that's debatable, but they don't make enough so they move back in with mom and dad and mom and dad would, who would normally leave and go to something smaller or go to something warmer are staying, right? And then, and then also what you said, it, it, they actually, they fought, in the article, they followed this couple and it says they bought a house for 440 in 1987 and it would now be valued at $1.8 million. If they sold, they would have to pay capital gains tax on their windfall and pay much, much higher property taxes because California limits property tax increases as long as homeowners stay put and don't move. So California is actually incentivizing them not to move, let's say. You live in California. Tell me about this. Yeah. Well, and, it's, and I think it, it impacts even more as prices have, have been really going up for the past, you know, eight, nine years, you know, pretty steadily. And so people start to see, that means if you sell your house and move into the same house next door, their monthly bills are going to go way up. So why would someone move uh, if, if that's going to be the case as it just, as it just keeps on going up? And, and maybe some of it too is, is people aren't, maybe, maybe some less people are selling because there's kind of a craze to keep properties as investments. Like did it say it was, was it owner occupied properties or just length the length of properties that are owned? Yeah. Owner occupied. Owner occupied. Yeah. The, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't move if I had dirt cheap, especially if my tax, if my, my loan was paid off. I mean, why would I want to quadruple my taxes? Right. Why not just stay there? It's if it's cheaper, you know, and yeah, you're going to get more space. Is if you're going to move cities or move States. Like a lot right. of in California move into Texas. Well, those are the people that are going to sell because they're going to get a house for so much less somewhere else. But if you're going to stay in the same town, yeah, or and your kids still live at home and things like that, I think that is causing less people to move and, and trade out. But that's a- Guess what the number one city, the longest time right now, the longest average of, of staying in an owner-occupied home. What do you know, how many like years one, do you think it is? Oh, so like depending on, so some states, is, they stay longer than others? Yeah, yeah. Probably like retirement, maybe like Phoenix or, or uh, Las Vegas. or maybe How many years? How many oh. years now? Now the, the, the nationwide average is 13. Used to wow. be eight. Used, yeah, that's the part. That, 13 is like almost unfathomable to me. But, I, but maybe, I mean, just for a lot of averages. So maybe you're seeing like 17 or 18 years in some of those. You know. 23 years. Salt Lake City, Utah. 23 years. Oh, I feel like Nevada was almost a good guess on that. But I would have yeah. never guessed 23 years. That is, that is, inc- that is a long time to be well, saying yeah. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, listen, Aaron, this has been great, buddy. Um, guys, listen, I'm going to put all of Aaron's contact information, his social media links, all that on the in the show notes from this episode. And uh, Aaron's going to be coming back a lot on this. So uh, get used to his voice. Obviously, as you could tell, he is an incredible engager. And um, I'm excited to have him on State of the Market. So Aaron, thanks so much for your contribution today and uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. It was so much fun to talk to you about the news. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. 
Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram pages, I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.